0: Sisters, it's time to live with intention, embrace your unique beauty, and grow spiritually. Katrina, life enthusiast and author, will share with you empowering messages and motivations that will help you master belief in yourself and to walk in your purpose.
1: Children, Where there's so much racket, there must be something out of kilter. I think that twixt the Negroes of the South and the women in the North all talking about rights these white men going to be in a fix pretty soon. But what's all this here talking about? That man over there says that women need to be helped into carriages and lifted over ditches and to have the best place everywhere. Nobody ever helped me into carriages or over mud pot or mud puddles or gives me any best place. Ain't I a woman? Look at me. Look at my arms. I have plowed and planted and gathered in the barns, and no man can hit me. And ain't I a woman? I could work as much and eat as much as a man when I could get it, and bear the lash as well. And ain't I a woman? I have borne 13 children and seen most of all sold off to slavery. And when I cried out with my mother's grief, none but Jesus heard me. And ain't I a woman? Then they talked about this thing in the head that, what's that called? Uh, They call it, what is that called? Intellect. That's it, honey, intellect. What's that got to do with women's rights and Negroes' rights? If my cup would hold but a pint? and yours will hold a court, wouldn't you be mean not to let me have my little half measure full? And then that man back there in the back, that man back in the black, says that women can't have as much rights as men because Christ wasn't a woman. Where did your Christ come from? Where did your Christ come from? From God and a woman. Man had nothing to do with him. Now, if the first woman that God ever made was strong enough to turn this world upside down all alone, these women together ought to be able to turn it back and get it right, right side up again. And now they asking to do it. And you men better let them. Obliged to you. Thank you for letting me speak this morning. Now, old Sojourner ain't got nothing more to say. Oh, wow. That is the speech from Sojourner Truth. Ain't I a woman? We know how powerful her voice was. We know how she was courageously just out there speaking against slavery, speaking against inequality. That woman was fierce, fierce. And so that's what I want to talk to you today about because today... Uh, or this mo- this month rather is women history month. Now, I am and, and you know what? I do know that there are many Caucasian women out there women for other uh ethnic groups have done great things in this world and the contributions are like enormous. They're they they re- they're relevant all around the world, but of course, I have some women that I'm just going to pinpoint. Of course, I don't have time to talk about them all, but I must say that I am focusing a lot on the African American women because we have came up from such um it just despair and trauma and in the midst of that despair and trauma in our lives um, we were able to just surpass that and do great things. And so that's what I want to speak to you today about in honor of Women History Month. Um, I, I, I'm i just really uh, fooled this morning because um, just to just feel our ancestors and just feel their power and feel their journey, more that I read about them, it just really gives me hope and knowing that, things can get better and that I have power inside of me. I have that that power that maybe even I haven't activated yet to do so much more than what I'm doing now. And so I encourage you to take this journey with me as I just speak just a little bit on uh, Women's History Month. And like I said, I just have just a few women uh, because of the sake of time that I'm just going to kind of zero in about, okay? Uh, When I'm drinking this morning, ladies, when I'm drinking this morning, you know what? I just have water. With lemon in it, and I'm just going plain this morning, um, and and that that's fine because we know lemon water is very good for you, and I do have that in my wine glass, and you know how I am about the wine glass, um, very nice beautiful glass with my nice cold water and lemon in it. I'm asking you to just have something beside you that you would like to drink. And then also, if you want to just write some things down in your journal, you know, I'm really big with journals, just reflecting and writing down notes and things that come to my mind so that I can look back on them. They can encourage me. It could be something I want to share with another sister. And so I ask you uh, to do that. Um, I am going to go today, and I know you heard the scripture before, um, but I want to add to your spiritual garden again, uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, and and I think this is just really, it resonates for what we're talking about today as well, is for, um, I have plans for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, but to give you hope and a future. And so those plans have always been in place. Even back then, during that time, during the time that during the slavery time, during these very difficult times in our history that women had to endure, it's all, it always has been a plan. And even though it has been uncomfortable, it has been tragic in a lot of ways, I do trust that God did things and. Allow things to happen for a reason, and so yes, please hold on to that Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. I have plans for you, not to, to prosper you, not to harm you, but to give you hope and a future. And so, as you heard, that was "Ain't I a Woman" by Sojourner Truth. We know that she was an activist. We know that she was um she was very uh, instrumental in. Um, really speaking out very courageously about women's rights and segregation. She was also a deeply religious woman. That speech was made in 1851. um, And she was just uh, fearless. Uh, She spoke um, about uh, to politicians. She spoke uh, around everywhere and just think 13 children that they were all taken away from her. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine losing your children like that? I, I'm just in awe and, and just still being able to have that, that courage and be able to have the energy and just to have that, that clear mental, uh, clarity to still reach out and still speak against, um, this whole, uh, a toxic evil, uh, uh system that was going on at the time, 13 children, they're all sold in slavery. I'm gonna let that seep in for a minute. Because we've gotten accustomed to really, you know, <laughs> we we've been on easy street. And and I and I and I don't say that disrespectfully because I know that we're all going through something, you know, whether it's for, you know, whatever area in our life, but she bore 13 children and they are gone. They were sold away. And I'm not even sure if she even ever saw them again. Her babies. Her babies. And so, yeah, that, that really, that does something to me. Um, so that is definitely a person that I would like to honor today. Um, and just to speak on, um, I just wanted to share that speech with you. Ain't I a woman? I'm a woman too. I'm a woman too. You know, a woman is a woman. It doesn't matter if you're black, you're white, you're Asian, you're Hispanic. You are a woman. And if you, if I need to be helped in the carriage too, or the door help for me too, and I'm sorry, I do see the discrepancies still on how black women are treated in our in our society. I see it, I do, and and unfortunately, sometimes and most of the time, it is from the hands of our own brothers they're not even seeing our value. And I believe that's what she was talking about. Our value as a woman, as a woman, we are still not seeing our value. I am i was just uh, listening to the other day, a black man saying that he does not want to date black women. I don't want to date black women. Okay. But not only is he saying that, but he's saying why we're evil, we're loud, we're combative and 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 it's just just unfortunate, you know, seeing where we came from and for our brother to just say that, you know, it's, I I don't know, it's just heartbreaking, you know. And one thing I do want to point out is that no other race actually talks down about their own women. I never heard a Hispanic man saying, I do not like Hispanic women. I don't want to date Hispanic women. I never heard of a Caucasian man saying, I don't want to date a, a white woman. I don't want to date a Caucasian woman. I, I don't like my own woman. Nope. I never heard of that before. Only person or the only people to do that is us. We're down on our own because they saying we don't look a certain way or they feel that they, they put us all into one bowl to say that we're a certain way. We're all different. And we have all different experiences that we're bringing to the table. And no, no one's perfect. And not even in these other nationalities, they're not. But for us, we got our brothers out there saying they won't date us. They won't date us. And a lot of times for black women, we do still wait for them. And that's Uh, that's just us i think we are very dedicated and loyal to our brothers yeah we do have uh you know women who are going outside the race um but our brothers they they hard on us sometimes they just hard on us they want us to look a certain way or our skin to be lighter for them to accept us uh, our hair to be a certain way and i don't know what's wrong with that what's wrong with us what's wrong with us as a people? What's wrong? What's going on? And, and it's, it's almost like these stipulations that our own brothers want us to have. And, and it's unfortunate that when Sojourner Truth was making this speech, she was doing it and she was addressing uh, white people or white men. That's what she was talking to. But look now, we have our own brothers actually actually acting in the way that the white men acted. you know, um, it's just sad. Um, so that is one person that I just want to really bring to the forefront. So during the truth, if you do not know about her story, I suggest that you read about her. Uh, she was actually, like I said, very fierce, fearless, courageous. Um, and she spoke very boldly about the system. And um, like she said, and I'm a woman, I'm a woman too. I'm a woman too. Uh, the next person that I would like to bring to the forefront is Henrietta Lax. And I don't know if you're familiar with her, but she was a woman, a black woman, a very poor woman. And um, she went to the doctor um for uh she had cervical cancer. And so when she went to get treatment for this, the doctors, without letting her know, took her cells and there was something special about her body cells and they didn't die. Her cells didn't die. It was just something special about these cells in this woman's body. and from these cells, what they did was they developed the polio vaccine um, and then it also impacted modern uh, medicine in a lot of ways. Um, her she was never compensated. she ended up dying so she did pass away from that but the her cells from her body were very uh they impacted modern medicine they helped with the polio vaccine and we know back then that polio was really big and and you know i remember getting a polio vaccine uh the uh liquid that we had to take for polio i don't even think they do that now um but apparently her body her cells had the her body had these cells that uh, that, that the doctors found very valuable. Um, well, her family wasn't compensated. Her family wasn't notified. It was only until, I believe, in the 1970s that it was brought into the forefront. But I don't even think that her family was compensated over her cells that they're using in medicine today. And, you know, like I said before, that her her cells didn't die. It's like, okay, what's it about these cells? So Henrietta Lacks. So a woman who never knew that her sales were very valuable and, and for um, the medical, uh, um, the medical uh, medicine uh, they did not did, didn't honor her or they did not recognize her sales as that, you know, even telling her about it, they just took them and start using her sales. And so, yeah, let's remember her in uh, her family Uh, I think she did have a very infant a child at the time that she died. And so that child never knew, really knew uh, the mother, his mother. And so in that case, you know, only that now, you know, this is coming in the forefront about her sales just being this valuable uh, part of medical research. Um, And so I would suggest that you read about her story. There is a book out now. I have the book. I'm sorry, I don't have it in front of me now, but I suggest that you read her book as well about her story. Next, I would like to bring up Harriet Tubman. And so we've heard about Harriet Tubman. We grew up learning about the Underground Railroad. And I'm going to say this, and this is not uh, to insult anyone's intelligence, but I have heard an adult say that the Underground Railroad was a train and they got on the train. And so let's make this clear that the Underground Railroad was actually homes that were actually helping the slaves as they journeyed to north. And they journeyed to New York and Canada so that they could be free. It was free there. And so they were on their way there. And so as they were passing along, these people agreed to use their homes as these safe havens for a while as they go in, on this journey. And so that was the Underground Railroad. It was not a railroad. And so, uh, of course, Harriet Tubman was instrumental in that. In um, usually these homes might have a light on in their porch, or it might be something distinguishable about the home that the slaves would know that it, this is a safe place. They will hide them there for whatever amount of time, and then they will move on to the next home or the next uh, place. And so that's what the Underground Railroad was about. This woman was, I, I, I just cannot imagine, Uh, what she had to endure because when she left first, she found out that she was going to be sold. So she found out that they were going to sell her. And so she made a decision that I am going to run away. Now to make that decision, she had to be courageous because she knew it was just her. And she knew that these plantation owners had dogs, they had horses and they had guns. And she also knew that if anyone was caught running away, that they they're, they would get dismembered in front of everyone. So of course it would be their foot or they'd be their arm or their hand or whatever that was, if they will be that demonstration, there will be that lesson that everybody will see that this is what happens if you run away. So for her, she found, she, she made a decision. She made a decision that I am not going to be sold. I'm getting out of here. And so as she's doing that, it she also had an incident early on where she got hit in the head with a steel plate or something like that. So she would have, passing out she would pass out have dizzy spells and things like that so that's also been documented so what she did was she actually went got up north how did she do that how did she do that she actually made the journey and, and went up north and got and was free she dodged the slave owners. she dodged the the, the uh dogs Um, and uh, anyone who was looking for her, they could not find her. This one woman, they could not find her. Um, and so, and they had the horses, they had the dogs, they had the guns. And so they couldn't. So she was able to make it, um, there, uh, she was able to make it in the North and then she was able to come back. And at that time, she was coming back for her husband because when she first said that she was going, she said that, uh, told her husband, her husband didn't want to go. So she, I, some kind of way, she had word, word, got word to him to say that I made it. And I, I'm not sure how that happened, but she, he knew that she made it. She sent that word and she went back to get him. And at that time, he had remarried. He had remarried. And so, of course, she was, and she came back for him. I'm going back for my man. But he had already taken somebody else up. So she decided that she was going to just come back. And when she did, she had people who said, I want to go with you. And so, and some of them had babies, infants. And so she led the way and they made it. She, like they said, she never lost a passenger. She never lost anyone who went with her. How in the world do you do that? How does that happen? You in the woods, you in the woods, it's cold, it's rainy, it's muddy. You know, it's, I mean, and you're in fear of being caught and, and how do you dodge that? And then, of course, she had these fainting spells that she would just faint, you know, due to that earlier injury for when that plate hit her head. And so she had these people relying on her. They crossed some rivers. They doing all of that. And then, you know, she's making it. So she actually freed or helped. uh, She did 70, set free 700. I think I have to see her. 700 slave people. But actually she also uh worked for the union and she worked as a spy and a nurse and once she got there she actually worked with the union as a spy and the nurse during the civil war and so yeah and then she lived to like almost 100 years old if not more um so she lived a long time but that is if that's not courageous I don't know what is I don't know what is We are just, I, and I'm, you know what? I guess if you're talking about life or death, it does bring that strength inside of you. It brings that, that stamina that, you know, I'm cold, but so what? My feet hurt, but so what? Now it's like we buckle under pressure. We just, any little thing, we ready to pass out. But Harriet had a mission. She wanted to be free and she made such a great impact all on people, period bringing these people out of there come on and then you know what it's known that she got hold of a gun and some of them were saying no I'm scared I don't want to go I don't want to go I'm scared I'm going back she pulled that gun on them and said you're not going anywhere you are going with me and she pulled that gun on them so that girl was bad and I'm just I'm in awe with uh, Harriet Tubman um she will always be a hero to me Um, It just that, this is courageous to the 10th power, (laughs) courage to the 10th power. So that's what I see about her. Um, You know what? We never heard of um, a person. uh, Her name is Claudette Colvin. Claudette Colvin was a teenager um, in Birmingham, Alabama, and she was the first person to actually uh, refuse to give her seat up up uh, to a white passenger and she was just about 16 at the time. That was 9 months before Rosa Parks. Um, she was arrested, she was gi- she was pled not guilty and she was given probation. But I don't think we hear about her too much. Her name is Claudette Colvin and she was actually the first person who refused to give her seat on the bus. Okay, we got to think about that now in our day and time. You done paid your money, but you're going to tell me that I have to give up my seat because I'm black. Or I got to go in the back, and then even if it, it then I'm still going to have to give it up. Because if all the seats are taken when that white person gets on the bus, I got to get up then. So, yeah, she it was very courageous for a 16 year old. And so that was nine months before Rosa Parks. But we know when Rosa Parks. She worked well with uh, Martin Luther King, and they actually used that as that, um, that, as that, as that, as that uh, message to send to the government, to the president, to the, to the community, uh, that we are powerful in numbers and that this, is, this will have to stop. And it did, because with the boycott, they, uh, Black people were not taking a bus. And what a sign of unity. They all said, we are not going on a bus. You all do not use the bus. Don't go on the bus. We're going to carpool or we're going to walk. And that's what they did. They did it collectively. They were on it together. And that sent the greatest message when you hit in people's pocket. And so when you, that bus companies, that bus company found that, man, we're losing money. We're losing money. So we, we, we have to rethink this. And so, yeah. And so that's when that law was lifted. Um, and even though racism was still apparent, it was still there, but at least that, that step was uh, done. So thanks to Rosa Parks, after that Coven she decided not to get up. She got arrested, her Martin Luther King, Um, and then that, that whole community of activists, it was just a whole community of them joined together with, had the community on board and they made it happen. And so unfortunately we don't see a lot of that today. Um, I wanted to, to, uh, just add in Helen Keller. And so I don't know if you know of her, but she is a Caucasian woman. She was deaf and blind and, um, she was the first person to earn a college degree and write a biography. She was an advocate for people with disabilities. So Helen Keller, I mean, that, that sister, she was sister too, I guess. <laughs> when she was bad, she was a Caucasian woman, earned a college degree, deaf and blind. Deaf and blind. Wow. And she also wrote an autobiography. And so I wanted to make sure that I added her in the list as well. Okay. Um, also, let's not forget about Maya Angelou. Now, Maya Angelou, of course, we know her. She's a, she was an activist as well, a journalist. She was a dancer, an, act, an actress, and, and most of all, we know her as a poet and an author. uh, she, um, uh incident that happened when she was younger was that she was uh, molested, as a young girl, and what happened was that she decided, um, uh, she she was very, of course, distraught about that. The person told her, Do not say anything, or I'm gonna hurt your brother, I'm gonna hurt your mother. Uh, you bet not say anything. And so her brother, knowing something was wrong with her, kept after her, and this is all in her book. You I know why the bird case sings, so you that's a must read. You must read that, and so in after that. She did tell her brother, yeah, this is what happened. And when her brother told the mother and the family, the man who did that was found dead. And so when the man was found dead, Maya Angelou felt bad about cause she felt she caused his death. And after that, that's when she took a vow. I believe it was a year, or five years. I'm going to say a year. I'm not sure that she just didn't say anything she didn't speak. She didn't talk. And so I guess with that, she felt that her voice, uh, that her voice caused someone to die, even though this man, um, abused her, of course, sexually abused her in that way. Uh, but she took that vow of silence. She did not talk at all. And, um, and of course we know that her poetry is rich and it, it is, it's empowering and it's very profound. Um, I'm still reading her poetry today. I mean, I have not read everything. Um, like I said, uh, um, I Know Why the Birkage sings is a very good book. She also had another one. Is it Matters of the Heart. It was another one that I read for her too. So please read her story. She was an activist. So she worked alongside Martin Luther King, uh, Malcolm X. So she is a woman, was a woman of uh, just many, many, many facets of her. And she very, very much cared about women, cared about humanity. And yeah. I mean, she's also another one that's that's just powerful. Um, I also wanted to uh, bring up Kamala Harris, of course, for Black History, uh, Women's History Month. And of course, she is the first Indian American black and Black vice president. And so, of course, we just list, I mean, we're very honored to have her in that seat, very first time, this thing, 2021, was it 2020, 2021? Now she's a uh, vice president, first woman, wonderful, awesome, representing us. Hopefully she'll be able to be a voice for us, be a voice for it. Just a, a a more, a voice that, that understands the struggles, that understands the, the real life out there. Sometimes I believe, sometimes these politicians, they haven't been. Um, in in living like we have. And I I don't necessarily mean poverty. I just mean living uh, where, you, you know, you had some struggle and some challenges. And this is real life when you have to try to, you know, keep your lights on and and you have your children trying to get them on point. So, yeah, just think about that uh, for her. We honor her, Kamala Harris, of course. First woman, first woman. That's awesome, awesome. And then let's not forget about Bessie Coleman. Um, Bessie Coleman was the first Black woman to go on flight. Oh, how honorable, how courageous as well. She even said that, you know, due to this racism, she really wanted to start a school to teach women how to fly. And so I just think that's just just enriching and powerful and beautiful. And so Bessie Coleman, absolutely. There are so many more. I'm thinking about Phyllis Wheatley. She was the first Black woman to, she was also a poet, but the very first one to write a book of poetry and, It's just amazing. If you bought my book, uh, Standing Inside Myself, A Journey of Self-Love, Wisdom, Power, and Purpose, I have that book in, I, I have her poem, rather, in my book. And so, yeah, just think during that time, during the time of slavery, during that, just the time that we was not allowed to know how to read. And I share this with my students a lot. Just think, if they caught you reading, then you would get, again, dismembered. You would get tortured if you were caught knowing how to read. And knowing how to read to them, if you know your alphabet, if you know how to count, if you know how to write the letters, if you know how to write your name, that is all that encompasses reading. And so they did not want you to know any of that, and you would get tortured if you they found out you did And so just to know that she wrote poetry during that time, that's beautiful and and it's really insightful. Um, So please look her up, Phyllis Wheatley. Um, I just want to say before I end that, um, you know, our ancestors are, they left a trail for us. They left a path for us um, and we have their DNA inside of us. We all have those beginnings, our great, great, great grandmothers, our great, 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 great grandmothers. A lot of them won't, we won't be able to Google them. We won't be able to look into the history, uh, into their history as much. So we don't know what this greatness that they had to go through, the endurance, the stamina, the things that they had to endure and they made it, how they pulled their families together, other things that they made do, Uh, they made work in their households for their families. We don't know the whole story. And so these are just a few, of course, not just the only ones, but a few that just at at the top of my mind that I wanted to share with you. But let's not forget the women in our lives and our history who've done great things, our mothers, our aunties, our grandmothers. Um, they've done, they've been through some things and they fought some battles and, and they've made it. And it's their strength and their courage and their spirit and their faith that took that bought that that's inside of us as well, because it brought them through. Okay. So let's not forget them and let's honor our ancestors. Let's honor them. We don't know them. We don't know them all. And, I would suggest that maybe you go in and kind of do research in your family and find out about uh, some of the women in your history, your great 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 greats, 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 greats and and, and find out a little bit more about them. I do uh, in my family reunion, we do uh, we did have a a book that actually went all the way back to slavery and um, Sarni was a great 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 uh, uh, grandmother. Of mine, and so I was able to read a little bit about what she do and what she did rather, and um, how she was, and just a little taste of her, just a little bit, just to hold on to. And so I think that that helps us to be grounded. And I feel that if we know we're connected to greatness, we won't doubt ourselves. We won't just think back then. It wasn't about your hair. It wasn't about the clothes you have on. It was about your spirit back then. That we wasn't even thinking about that. It was about your spirit. It was about how you was able to maneuver in the world. Maneuver in the world. How were you moving around in the world? How were you solving problems? How were you loving your family? That was, that's what was important to them and living and surviving and, and just surviving, period. And so let's think about that um, as we um, think about women History Month, um, a lot of women that we would never even hear about that has done just magnificent things in some way, maybe has trickled down to the, our comforts today. And it's not all about the outside. It's about how we are inside and how we treat and love each other inside. And then also, I've been hearing this more and more. These women were women of faith. They were women of faith. Harriet Tubman was a woman of faith. She prayed. Okay, Sojourner Truth, a woman of faith. She prayed. You know, these women, we know Rosa Parks. Prayed. These women, that was common. That was it. Maya Angelo prayed. They prayed. And so I know, you know, that God, if we was there then for them, and He's there with us now. He's not a respectable person. So let's not forget who we owe all the honor and glory to, and that is God. And let's not forget that He has plans to prosper us, not to harm us, but give us hope in a future. And so that was just a little uh, that I wanted a little something I want to just share with you about a uh, Women's History Month and some women that were just kind of like at the forefront of my mind. Like I said, not not all the women, not even half or a third of the women that were in our history that did some magnificent achievements and and just were very impactful uh, to our lives. It's just there. You know, this, their spirit and their history and their example uh, that can help us as we move forward in our life. So thank you for joining me today. Thank you for joining Beautifully Seasoned. I hope everyone is well out there. I encourage you to uh, donate to my podcast, donate uh, at Anchor FM, or you could go to my Patreon page at patreon.com slash beautifully seasoned. And there's many tiers that you could donate from $3 a month all the way up to $20 a month. And so I do want to have another shout out to Taylor, and Rose, thank you for being a patreon already, and I just appreciate your support. I really really do um and so yeah, and I thank you if you are even deciding to to um to donate to my podcast, I hope that I'm adding value in some way in your life. I want to say a prayer for you. You are blessed, prosperous, redeemed, forgiven. Talented, motivated, valuable, free, determined, equipped, empowered, anointed, accepted, and approved. You're not average, and you're not mediocre. You are a child of the Most High God, and you will become all you was created to be. In Jesus' name, Amen, Amen. I pray that for you, sis. I really do enjoy your day and I will be speaking to you next time. Bye-bye.
0: have been listening to beautifully seasoned with katrina if you enjoyed the show be sure to share with another sister never miss an episode you will find us on spotify anchor fm apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, and all other podcast platforms check out our website www.beautifullyseasonedyou.com Katrina Story Standing Inside Myself A Journey of Self Love, Wisdom, Power, and Purpose. Available on Amazon. You can also reach out to Katrina with your comments or life coaching requests to standinginsidemyself6 at gmail.com.